Hey guys, it's Shane from Now That I'm Older. I hope you're liking everything you're hearing on the Rogan's Hell Podcast Network. If you are, go to rogan'shell.com slash Amazon for all your shopping needs. It's not going to cost you anything extra. It's not going to look any different. But every time you use that link, you're going to be helping out the Rogan's Hell Podcast Network. So bookmark rogan'shell.com slash Amazon every time you need to buy something from Amazon. Thanks a lot. Hey, this is Renee. And this is Kim. And this is Round Trip. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another show. We are super excited to have with us today a travel friend that we made on our recent trip to Paris, Nicole. Hello. Hey, Nicole. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Like I said, we ran into, ran into Nicole while we were traveling through Paris on a food and wine tour, right? Yep. Indeed. <laughs> and we had so much fun that we stayed in touch. It's amazing how food and wine can do that. It brings people together. It's <laughs> the ultimate glue that holds society together. Mm. <laughs> so how was your trip? Oh, it was amazing. That was probably my favorite trip I've ever taken so far. Had you been to France um, before? I had not. I hadn't. So, uh, and I felt like it was due time, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was great. And there was a lot of, uh, things I weren't, I was kind of worried about that I didn't need to worry about at all. Yeah. So that was good. And, and you went solo, right? Cause you weren't with I anyone. When, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was, uh, uh, I've traveled by myself before abroad, but it was always the English speaking countries and mm-hmm. I speak no French. Like, in fact, when we start repeating French words on this podcast, I will probably butcher them <laughs> amazingly. <laughs> so, I was a little concerned going to a country that, uh, not only did not speak English, but has a, I found untrue represent, uh, re- re- oh gosh, reputation for, uh, not speaking English back. To English right. So, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, we were saying that too, yeah. that we felt that, you know, the French were pretty accommodating when it came to like helping you out or if they spoke English, they would speak English to you. Exactly. Um, yeah. Agreed. So definitely agree. Yeah. Well, before, before we get too far into our experience, why don't we start with our travel squad questions? <laughs> so, Nicole, our travel squad is basically anybody that we've actually traveled with. And since we spent a fair amount of time together in France, <laughs> we are inducting you into our travel squad. I hereby dispose upon thee. <laughs> so, in order to officially join our travel squad, you must answer these questions. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Are you ready? It's like travel hazing. Okay, let's do this. (laughs) Oh, it kind of is. (laughs) What was your worst travel experience? Okay. Uh, Oh, all right. My worst travel experience, I was studying abroad in England, and um, I had to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning to catch the cab that was going to take me to the bus that was going to take me to the train, which was going to take me to the tube, which was going to take me to the airport. And my cab was late. And so I, and I have anxiety. So I was a little bit upset that the cab was late. I was freaking out, but the cab made up in time, like as cabs tend to do. Um, And then we got to the train station. Luckily the train was running a little bit late. So it all worked out, got on the train. However, 
on the way of our journey across England, um, it started to downpour. And we stopped at this station to let people on and off that were getting off of this one, like, kind of province area. And, um, and they were just sitting there and sitting and sitting. And everyone in my car was suddenly was like, well, there's these bags that are outside that no one's claiming. And I'm like, God, will someone just please get these dang bags so we can move on? I got a plane to catch. And then finally, after what felt like probably like four hours, but it was probably more like, you know, 20 minutes or so. Um, I looked out the window because I was sitting on the opposite side of the train. I stand up and look out the window. They're my bags, dude. They were my bags. Like just absorbing the rain like out there. And I'm like, what? I'm not getting off. So they eventually had to put him in and then everything like it just was running late. And by the time I got to the airport, I literally like ran up to the gate. The gate had already closed. I'd missed my flight back to America. I was hysterical. I was crying. Very, very dramatic, you know, go figure drama teacher, very dramatic display of like, this has been the first day of my life. Um, and these poor gate agents were like, we're going to help you. <laughs> so, I was like soaking wet. My bags. Were- I can so see you. No one can help me. <laughs> it's too late. Like, I'm like alone in the gate, just crying. And then I call my parents. I'll collect on a payphone because I'm broke as hell. Oh my God. <laughs> I have no money. And I was like, I missed my flight. I'm stranded. And my parents, like, you know, then were instantly awake and were like, oh my God. <laughs> What is she going to do? So that was good times. Yeah, that was probably probably my worst traveling experience. It was was great. Good times. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Anything that could go wrong. Went wrong. I know, pretty pretty much. much. I love that you're sitting there being all annoyed and look out and like, oh, wait. Did you? Like, so did you have to, yeah. so when you got up to get your bag, were people like, uh-huh, <laughs> like right. side-eyeing you? <laughs> I know, like, girl, you should not have been talking. No, I went to one of the um, the porters or whatever that on the, on the train, and I'm like, why are my bags out there? Because they weren't supposed to be unloaded. They were unloaded by mistake. Oh, so they had people from the train, like, load them back in. But I was like, why did you do this to my bags? <laughs> All my beautiful things. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was wow. pretty. Probably didn't help that I had like the standard giant black, all black bags. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just right. so they blended with everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. So, what has been your <laughs> what has been your favorite travel experience? Hmm. Um. Honestly, I would say probably the trip that we were on, just because it was so. I had never really done food and wine tours, mm-hmm. and. I was going to a couple different cities. And so at the start of each city, I booked these tours to kind of get a lay of the land and meet some people. And um, I thought we had such a fun time mm-hmm. with that trip. And then after the um, the tour ended, us all going out. So that was just, that was really fun. Yeah. Agreed. That was a nice, uh, yeah, that was a nice surprise. The Have other one. Night. Yeah. Oh, that was really <laughs> funny but yeah no and then the other one I would say uh is kind of making lemonade out of some lemons I was traveling to New York and my flight as all flights do at Chicago O'Hare got grounded and it was grounded due to weather for like two or three days and I didn't know anyone because I was traveling alone to go see some friends in New York and there were a bunch of people in line that happened to be kind of from like Davis Sacramento area where I'm from and 
we all kind of just agreed to share. We got like a hotel room and we just all agreed to like share and pile in and kind of sleep. And we just went on round and went to the museums and stuff. And that was also a really impromptu fun. I never spoke to any of them again. We all had a really good time. And that was probably another really cool travel experience. Yeah. You meet really cool, cool people. Yeah. You meet really, really cool people when you travel. Um, yeah, exactly. I guess- and everyone, for the most part, you know, you hear all these cautionary tales mm-hmm. of like, beware solo female traveler but um I, i've always found i know like <laughs> the travel boogeyman will get you um but um i've always found everyone i've met has been um just kind of equally interested in kind of exploring and 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 finding good people and good experiences so yeah awesome awesome what's yeah. one thing you can't travel without um <laughs> besides sleeping pills um let's see <laughs> i'm always like oh my god i need to sleep um what's something i can't travel without i would hmm. i'm like i'm probably comfortable shoes i know that sounds crazy but like shoes that i can walk around in. i really like to walk and um but i also like to look cute so like finding cute comfortable shoes that i can walk around in, and that's probably a pretty uh pretty high high on the list nice. and then my yeah. phone right i can't tell you how much the gps on my phone like just saved me <laughs> so many times right right um yeah so but yeah do you have any travel rituals um besides the fact that i usually start packing like two weeks ahead of time by slowly <laughs> i like as i remember because i'm such a scatterbrain <laughs> if i pack at the last minute right. so i just kind of like as things drip feed into my memory throughout two weeks i kind of grab stuff and just drop it in the bag and then I kind of organize it all maybe the, the night or two before. Oh, um, that's what I do. I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like then you really don't forget stuff. Right. Um, the other thing, too, is I use a lot of Ziploc bags and uh, and grocery bags. Not grocery bags, uh, garbage bags, plastic garbage bags. I use them for laundry and stuff, and I just pack them in the like one of the zippers so that I have bags, which has been great, too, because when it's rainy or whatever, you have plastic to cover your suitcase if you need to, but... So I, have a lot, I use a lot of plastic bags. That's a so. smart idea. That's a smart idea. <laughs> Every, everything's bags. <laughs> everything's hermetically sealed. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. And so our next question is a bit more of a fun question. Okay. If you could travel with any celebrity, who would you travel with? Oh, dear. I haven't thought of that. Um, who would be really fun to travel with? Um, oh, well, <laughs> uh, is it Neil deGrasse Tyson? Is okay. that his full name? Yeah. 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 I think he would be kind of awesome to travel with, right? Yeah. Because he's so stinking smart and I don't know. I think that would be interesting. Um, I used to always <laughs> joke too, that when, uh, Rhea, Rhea Perlman and Dan- Danny DeVito, we're still married. Danny DeVito has my birthday, and I always thought, man, I want to do a joint birthday party with Danny DeVito. But then <laughs> I was like, he'll totally be up for it, right? No, but then, um, and then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, actually, their house would be probably pretty rad to go to for like a Christmas or a Thanksgiving. And then I thought, I want to go to their house and like celebrate something. But uh, maybe traveling around with a comedian might be kind of fun as well. I'm not sure which yeah. comedian. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. No. But yeah. And our final question, if <laughs> the, je- the Jeopardy like round. If aliens 
were to come here to earth and you were the first person they connected with. Oh, that would be okay. <laughs> and they said, Nicole, take us to the one place you think we need to see so we won't destroy earth. Where would you take them? Tahoe. Probably. Or yeah, probably like Tahoe or like out. Um, I don't know. I, I like to go around outdoors in my area, like take them to Point Reyes, Tahoe, um, to some of the, the coastline. I think we have in America, we're so lucky to have such a diverse, like just landscape diversity everywhere. And that's kind of, I would probably take them somewhere that was really pretty and be like, look, we're trying not to screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is part of the part of the world that we're really trying not to screw up. Here's Yosemite. Look how beautiful it is. We're really trying not to mess this up. Um, yeah, Yosemite actually would probably be another, like, amazing place for yeah. someone to go. Awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. And with that answer, you are officially a member <laughs> of the Travel School. Oh, yay. Well, not so bad. <laughs> now you must drink from the cup. <laughs> Like, oh dear. <laughs> if it's the coffee cup, then yes. <laughs> I've got some. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. Dear podcast listener, we accept the fact that we have to sacrifice not only our Wednesdays, but our Fridays as well to entertain you. But we think you are crazy to make us do a promo telling you who we think we are. When you listen to our podcast, you think you know who we are. In the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a dork. Uh, I had the basket case, and I'm a princess. And I'm a pothead. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Prime Podcast. Find out more at theprimepod.com. And we are back. So, Nicole... Yes. Um, in the earlier part of the segment, you did mention your travel experiences have been solo, and then I'm pretty sure you've traveled with people as well. Oh yeah. When when you're choosing like your travel destination, like what do you think about? What do you consider? And you wake up in the morning, you're like, you know what? I'm going to the beach next month, or you're like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> well, definitely, I would say time of year influences kind of where you're going to go because. Uh, for instance, like a lot of people don't realize that like the winter months are actually some of the most beautiful to go to Hawaii. Everyone usually likes to go in the summer, but it rains a lot in the summer. Not that it's ugly when it rains in Hawaii. Um, it's still great. But yeah, I would say probably climate and stuff. And then for me, it's also kind of curious. Like right now, one of my main bucket lists is I, I really want to get over to Cuba before the tourism mm-hmm. kind of booms and every the Western culture really starts to influence uh, Havana. And, and yeah. I kind of want to see Before McDonald's it. and Starbucks. Right. <laughs> Start I know. Like, well, they're Ma- all over the place. Are we sure McDonald's isn't already there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably is. It could be. I feel like McDonald's has, like, an international, like, they're, they got, like, a free card. Like, get it. <laughs> just, like, you can go anywhere. Right. Go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Cuba, uh, Greece seems really interesting to me, um, you know, for right now. I like to try to find cultures that I haven't had a chance to see yet. And the others too, it's just when travel opportunities come around. It's kind of like looking for a job. When you're looking for a job, there's nothing out there. Right. But when you're not looking for a job, things kind of stumble your way. And um, that's kind of how I got to France. It ended up being associated with a friend's wedding. 
And it was kind of like, well, I'll, I'm not going to get this opportunity again, so I should just go. So I kind of like to do stuff like that. So what were the other cities you went to after you left Paris? Um, I trained to the south to Narbonne. And then the wedding actually was at um, in right next to Arbonne in a small little town called Armasson. And uh, so I was staying down there for about three, four days. And then I took the train over to Barcelona because it was cheaper to fly out of Barcelona. And I'd also never been to Spain. So um, I just did a quick day and a half in Barcelona. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really nice. Day and a half in Barcelona sounds yeah. fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, oh my much, God. so much good food. Oh, I could imagine. I pretty, yeah, I pretty much ate my way through. I ate my way through every vacation, really. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Um, outside of Barcelona, um, you mentioned the south of France, which was the second string of your your overall France experience. Uh-huh. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Because the pictures that you took online were absolutely beautiful. Like, oh yeah, just, <laughs> I wanted to be there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. The so. The Narbonne like train station is about five hours journey from Paris, and uh, and then it ends up that the the place that we were staying was just maybe I want to say like a fifteen twenty minute cab ride from the station, and that was the new the other city, the Armasson. Um, and uh, I kind of didn't get a chance to really explore any of the actual cities, just because the the wedding was taking place at my friend Joanne's. Uh, parents winery and what's funny is I met her setting abroad same same trip where I got abandoned on the train and was late um, that's where I met Joanne and um, she's from New Orleans and her family was there they, they all grew up there and once all the kids kind of left the nest the parents decided that they were going to sell their home in New Orleans and uh, buy a winery in France and so they relocated there and they're British they're British citizens Okay. that were here um, in America working. So um, so that's kind of what motivated me to do the trip because I'm thinking, well, how often can you go to a, a wedding at a winery where you know the, the wine owner, like the winemaker? So, right, in France. So we spent a – yeah, exactly. So we spent a lot of time at the winery. There were three nights of different events, and they were really cool because it was kind of different. It was a hybrid of, like, New Orleans and French culture, in all the different events. And then um, I was staying at another winery that had a little kind of like B&B there. And there were maybe eight rooms, six rooms, eight rooms. They're really small, really cute. And I think it was called, um, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah, I'll think of it probably randomly. I'll just like blurt it out later. Um, that's kind of my MO with remembering things. Um, but um I would, pretty much everyone that had a room there was part of the wedding and we didn't realize when we got there. So the first day we got there, we went into town, we got to the, uh, the hotel or the B and B and there was another couple from New Orleans or no, they were originally from New Orleans. They came in from New York and they had a rental car and they're like, Oh, we're going to go into, uh, uh, Narbonne La Plage, which is like right by the, obviously right by the beach, um, where all the eateries are to get lunch and they maybe get some groceries. So my roommate, Beth, who I had not met until that day, and that was one of Joanne's other really good friends from New Orleans, mm-hmm. we decided to jump in their car and we went. And that was the only time we actually went to the town, <laughs> this little beach town. And I guess Narbonne has the represent, rep- I cannot say that word today, reputation for um, being a little 
slummy, if you can call any south of really? Ranch beach town kind of slum. You know, it was like the most like pristine slum I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> but you know, I guess what made it slummy is it looked kind of American. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> like, ah. were, like ah. people walking around in like string bikini tubs and like towels wrapped around their waist and they were like hawking like you know like foldable lounge chairs and stuff to haul to the beach and toys and kites and things so it felt kind of cute like in a northern california beach town you know where you've got all these kind of kitschy little fun wind toys and stuff um we ended up going to a really nice restaurant there uh and had an amazing seafood i think that was the one thing hands down was just the seafood go figure but it was just so good mm-hmm. and so we go to the store and we're thinking oh we'll just come back to the store every day to get food little <laughs> did we know that was not an option <laughs> so i at the grocery store ended up buying i think like a, a pack of six yo play yogurt drinks and a chocolate bar with almonds and, and um, this all will come later into the story chocolate bar with almonds and cranberries and uh and then beth bought like mini brownies and we bought water we each bought like a a big bottle of water and that that apparently became our only rations for the whole week oh my god so um so we got back to the hotel and then I'm like, okay, let's walk to like the local place where we can get food and stuff. And they're like, that was the local place, which was again, oh, like gosh. a 15, 20, and we're like, wait, what? And it was, it was a good, like, you know, five, six miles away from the hotel. And right. thinking, oh, oh wow. I'm going to walk anywhere. Okay. Um, so as the days went on, they would give you a breakfast in the morning and it's a typical French breakfast of, mm-hmm. you know, pastries. Seriously, if I have another pastry, it's going to be too soon because I ate so many pastries in France. (laughs) But it was pastries and then cheese, which I like normally savory breakfast, but there's something about brie at like seven in the morning. I just couldn't do. And uh, (laughs) and like melon and then really good coffee and tea. And that was pretty much breakfast. So we would eat this breakfast and then we'd have nothing to eat until the event for the wedding the next like the night. So, um, yeah, (laughs) we would wait till like 435, but all we had, so everyone that was there from the wedding there, Joanne went to college in Colorado. She studied abroad in Norwich, which is where I met her. She's from New Orleans. And then she lived in New York for a while. Mm -hmm. So everybody that was at this wedding was like Colorado, New York, New Orleans, like we were all over the map. And the one thing we all had in common was a love of wine. Mm-hmm. So apparently all, all we had in all of the houses were just wine, like just wine <laughs> everywhere. So we would sit by the pool, which is gorgeous. Like you saw pictures of the pool. It's this beautiful pool with the vineyards right there. And we would literally, I would rationed out like three cubes of chocolate a day. I mean, it was like Survivor, <laughs> right? Like I was. <laughs> the best episode remember, of Survivor ever. <laughs> I'd have like, you know, like a Shannon Blanc and like, you know, this is like bougie survivor, right? Shannon Blanc and like my chocolate. And then I remember like kind of hazily around, you know, one in the afternoon, because again, my lunch was wine and chocolate thinking, I'm so glad I picked a chocolate bar with almonds because I've got some fat and protein here. Exactly. Who's who's the thinker now? Yeah. That was like the logic (laughs) that got me through the week. Um, But other than that, just getting shuttled to and from the winery um, and then like starving slowly in the sun and getting tipsy. That was kind of the (laughs) the whole experience. The highlights. (laughs) And the south of France. (laughs) 
So, oh, my yogurt drinks. Everyone started like, they're like, thank God you bought these yogurt drinks. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and two peaches. I did buy two peaches. Those went really fast. <laughs> so, yeah. But that was about, that was, that was what we did. It was very, it was very relaxing. We were pretty much really off the grid. I yeah. really feel like that's the only episode of Survivor I could have been on. <laughs> right. Like Survivor, would, south of I would, France. I would flourish on chocolate and wine. You get a peach, you get a chocolate bar, you get five <laughs> bottles of wine and a right. bottle of water. Go. <laughs> Three days will she make it. Yeah, that was <laughs> pretty much. Goodness. Uh, but yeah, so that was fun. It was a lot of laughs. And then one of the women that was staying there is a professional opera singer. Oh, wow. So it was very, sur- yes, and she's our, you know, she's our age, and um, she lives in New York, and she, she was going to obviously sing at the wedding, because who wouldn't take advantage of that amazing talent, like, right. you know, and uh, so she would be practicing singing opera in one of the rooms while we're all sitting by the pool, like, surreally kind of drinking wine and starving, um, <laughs> and it was just very strange, like, you know, it was it was kind of a surreal experience, you know, hanging out. And uh, having all these wonderful kind of fruits of life everywhere. And, uh, and but then also being pretty hungry. <laughs> that crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you also studied abroad. Where did you study abroad? Uh, the University of East Anglia in Norwich, England. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. It's like the East Coast of England. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so how long? What's interesting, uh, just unfortunately a semester, Mm -hmm. I probably made the best friends of my entire collegiate time, like in Norwich. That's the other reason what made that trip home so brutal was I was already just upset that I was leaving. Um, And then to have everything like complete, it was like, really, it was like the world was trying to get me to stay in England. And I just wouldn't listen because, you know, I was a minor, whatever. Um, No, (laughs) because I was... (laughs) I was in college. No, but um, yeah, it was uh, just a semester abroad, and that was a really cool experience. I always tell my high school students, if you do one piece of advice that they give you, it's go abroad. Like, take advantage yeah. of, your, of your study abroad. You have to go at least a semester because it is such a very, very cool experience for your mind and for uh, your, your, your life, so... And so tell us a little bit about traveling with your kids. So I have yet to take the kids abroad. I really wanted to take them actually to Paris, but then we would have never met. And that would have been a real big problem. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joanne has, <laughs> Joanne has two kids from her first marriage. And, uh, and they're about the same age as my kids. And I thought, God, what a cool way to introduce them to France by having English speaking kids like their same age there to kind of, enjoy France, but also have playmates that aren't, you know, right. that you don't have to like struggle to try to communicate. Like there's not a lot of pantomiming going on. It's more of like <laughs> <Yeah>. actual talking, <laughs> even though mime talking is quite fun. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've taken the kids. I try to, we call them our adventures and we, I try to take them uh, to just weekends places. So we've gone um, to Monterey for a weekend and I've taken them to San Francisco for a weekend and uh, we go up and like kind of hike near Tahoe for like a day but we like to get out and kind of explore stuff and then luckily my kids go to a really cool public school um, that their theory is like open education which means that uh, 
you learn through field activities rather than in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So, so for instance, like uh, first grade, they do an overnighter at the zoo and we get to see all the animals nocturnal. And then second grade, uh, they do, uh, what is it called? Not, it's up in uh, the Redwoods, uh, Sierra Outdoor School. And they go for two nights at Sierra Outdoor School, um, second grade. And third grade is the best. They do uh, three nights in Point Reyes camping. And then fourth grade is a week in Lassen Volcanic Park and then a week in um, Yosemite. Now, I chaperoned that. That was awesome. And then this year with my son for fifth grade, uh, they do a week in Monterey, I believe. So luckily, their school helps to also encourage that, like, wanderlust and that exploration. And, right. And so it's fun. Yeah. But hopefully I'll be taking them abroad soon. I would really like to. They've gone to Hawaii with me. We've gone to Hawaii um, we go down to the Newport coast a lot. My parents have a timeshare down there. So we go down to the beach there a lot, but, um, I'm trying to get them into places that really feel different. I think my parents and I are going to try to take them on a cruise to Alaska, um, Ooh. maybe this spring or summer. Very and that'll nice. certainly be cool. Cause that's a totally different environment. Yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, I think it's important to get kids to travel, um, especially when they're in school because it helps make everything they're actually learning in school more tangible. Right. Sure yeah. Will. Agreed. Yeah. So what attracts you to travel the most? Like, what's the, the thing that did it for you? Outside of studying abroad, I'm pretty sure. Was there any moments prior to that where you were like, you know what? I am going to do this no matter what. Oh, yeah. Um, my parents were big into traveling. They didn't take me abroad. My first abroad trip was actually, I had the fortune of knowing um, a Japanese family that lived here in Sacramento. Um, and Kazumi and I were probably like, best friends for a couple years and then her dad he worked for NEC and he got relocated back to uh to Japan to Kanagawa so we didn't get a chance to we kind of pen palled and when they when I was in junior high her and her two brothers flew over and Kazumi stayed with me and Hiroto her older brother stayed with you know his friend and um and the little brother was it? Aikido. I was like, oh, what's this? We never played with Aikido because he was too little. You know, <laughs> we didn't like those little boys. We're like, whatever, kid. You're annoying us. Um, but uh, they they all stayed with friends, and um, and we had a nice trip. And so when it came time for me to go to Japan, it was about my sophomore year in high school, and my parents uh, paid for me to go for me to go and stay with the Aidas um, uh, for about I would say two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that moment when, well, first of all, flying by myself, it was like, oh, this is crazy. But that long flight, right. I remember thinking like, oh, my God, like, this goes on forever. <laughs> like, Are we there yet? <laughs> I'm never getting off this plane. But that moment, like, I got out of the airport and Kazumi and her father picked me up and they got me in the train to go to their hometown, looking out the window and realizing nothing was in English everything oh, was wow. in characters you know what I mean yeah. everything and the smells and looking around it was the first time in my life that I was actually somewhere where I didn't look like anybody mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean like and because in America we're so diverse it's easy to kind of look around and like oh you know I kind of I can I I feel like I visually kind of look like you when I was in Japan it was this amazing where suddenly I kind of understood what it felt like to be an immigrant or a, a foreigner in another country and um, that was a really cool moment. I just remember it was like this big aha moment of like, wow, right. I am not in America. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like the world is big and I am definitely in a totally different city. And yep. 
that that was like I just wanted more of that. I loved meeting people and seeing their homes and eating their food and trying stuff I'd never, I never, I've learned not to ask when I'm eating. I just, I'm like, thank you. It's delicious. Right, right. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of what hooked me on traveling. For, and I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you said that about being someplace and in, in you're in America where everything is kind of a mishmash of everything and going somewhere where you're actually the person that stands out. I really yeah. think that people lose the concept of that. Like when you're in America, a lot of people who don't travel yeah. Yeah. Um, lose their per- perception. They really think that this is it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's so not. <laughs> it's not well, it. there's, yeah. And I think it's easy. It's easy to lose empathy for people who are from other countries that move here. You know, we have all, you know, all this, all the controversy that's going on with immigrants and refugees and we won't go into politics, but I think it's uh, when you've gone somewhere and you are definitely the foreign person and you don't speak the language and you're bumbling your way, trying to just figure out the public transportation and getting to and from and, mm-hmm. and butchering, butchering the native language by like, right. you know, your pronunciation, but it makes you really get a little bit of an empathy with how brave you have to be and how, um, and how kind of, uh, how self-conscious it can make you feel. Mm-hmm. And so it, yeah. it, I think it just makes you a better person to have an experience like that. Cause it humbles you and it makes yeah. you realize like, wow, this world is really big. And, yeah. uh, and it's for some reason, not all about me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Agreed. Nicole, how do you manage to balance your work life responsibilities with your wanderlust? <laughs> yeah. I kind of suck at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of slapdash and a little bit of planning. Um, uh, luckily, I'm a high school teacher, so I do have designated months where I'm not necessarily working like in the classroom. So I can travel and still get you know my stuff done. What's funny is whenever I travel now, I travel through the filter of a teacher. So everywhere I go, I'm like, oh, I should take pictures of this to talk about this in my next discussion. <laughs> like, oh, um, like even in Paris, I was like, I teach theater, and I was like, I should go see Moulin Rouge and see what a traditional cabaret looks like, so I can talk to the students about it. Um, so that kind of filters through. Um, what's great about that is it gives me the time to actually go somewhere. And since my kids are in the same district, it also gives me the opportunity. Uh, to take them places uh, without having to worry about missing school or curriculum. The bad thing is, is that when we travel, it's always peak travel season because everybody's off, you know, um, on those weeks. So it makes things a little bit more uh, crowded and chaotic, but balancing it, you know, that's truly kind of a, a challenge. I think um, like just the trip to Paris, I had to, I had to, take out some loans, you know, to, to do it. And it took a lot of thought before I was, you know, to take those loans. But I'm a strong believer also in the idea that like, you're never going to regret like travel. Right. And yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to spend a lot of money on something to spend it on an experience rather than spending it on an item, um, it's, you, you don't regret that. Like, you know, and so uh, just, you know, taking a look and traveling when I can. This was the first time I was able to travel abroad in probably about four or five years. Uh, and so I was definitely chomping at the bit to get out of the States. Um, but uh, yeah, it just kind of, it kind of worked out this time around. But yeah, it's a matter of just kind of taking a realistic look at your, right. your finances and figuring out, all right, like I can extend myself if I, you know, 
pay this much every month. I can definitely get this paid off before the interest kicks in kind of a thing and just being smart about it. But yeah. And then taking advantage of trying to stay with friends who willingly want you to stay with them (laughs) as much as possible. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, you know, uh, enjoying people's hospitality makes, makes it easier as well. So what's next for you? Um, God, well, you know, what's interesting is all the people that I met at the wedding, um, I don't have my kids this Thanksgiving break, my ex will have them. So I contacted some friends in New Orleans. And ironically, some of my friends from high school also live in New Orleans. And they, I, it, I just discovered maybe a month ago that they actually know Joanne's husband. Um, and like, it's, so I'm going to, my next plan is to travel for Thanksgiving down to New Orleans and do a Thanksgiving down there and hopefully kind of combine these two worlds together and, uh, have a really nice kind of week with a bunch of different friends and kind of have a grown up Thanksgiving, which will be nice. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited too. Cause I guess they open up the races the day before Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving morning. I guess it's like a tradition in New Orleans where, everyone puts on these crazy hats and you go down to the, like the racetrack and they, oh, they officially like start racing season. And hmm. apparently it's a really big deal. And so I'm kind of excited to see that. That's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, yeah, I had no idea that existed. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know they did that either. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. But well, yeah, I'm all for adult Thanksgivings. Mm-hmm. Me and, and Kim, me and Kim do, do that a lot. <laughs> We have a Thanks- lot of those. Thanksgiving is our, our travel holiday. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, Thanksgiving is uh, a fun time to go because it's all feasting. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. You were so much fun to talk to. <laughs> of course. I like you ladies. I know our listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. <laughs> uh, well, good. I don't know if my students ever enjoy my rambling, but it's good to know random people who don't know me enjoy it. <laughs> For more from Round Trip, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat at Round Trip Pod. I think that's it for today. That is it. All right, we'll see you guys next time.